Kane is in the building. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I think the haters are in the building when it comes to James Conner and Big Al of Illinois, when it comes to teams trying to sign them in this free agency period. Uh, two guys that have been with the Pittsburgh Steelers their entire career, Big Al, James Conner. James Conner, uh, of course, the running back. Big Al, of course, the left tackle starters for the Steelers for the past few seasons. Big Al getting a little Pro Bowl action under his belt. James Conner as well. So there's some pedigree that comes along with these guys. They definitely were on the decline, both of them, ever since making those Pro Bowls. Uh, Big Al's reputation, I think, got him in a couple more Pro Bowls than he might have deserved. But starting with him, it's interesting, Kellen and Jacob, that he had that reputation and he gets into Pro Bowls based on the rep that he, you know, built based on really just one or two good years yeah. in Pittsburgh. But, you know, the story, the military guy was a wide receiver at Army, served, came back, put on all that weight, became a good left tackle for a few seasons and then kind of just fell off the cliff there. But it's interesting to me that he's a name that's recognizable. He was a starter in this league protecting a future Hall of Fame quarterback's blindside for three, four years and yet he cannot find a job on the open market right now. The Steelers haven't brought him back in. Uh, there's always rumors, I feel like, every single week that, oh, the Steelers might bring Al back. Don't sleep on the Steelers bringing back Al. Yet to have happened, yet yeah. to really see him come for a visit, even with the Steelers facility. Uh, and you don't really hear much around the NFL as far as he's concerned no. for teams that might be interested in his services. And, you know, I... I my take on this really is just it's interesting. It's very interesting and curious to me that he's not really getting any any, you know, love around the league. The Steelers don't have any interest in maybe getting him back for a pay cut because there's no interest elsewhere. It's just it's very perplexing when it comes to Big Al that he still finds himself on that open market. I'm not trying to paint him out to be, you know, Jonathan Ogden good or something yeah. like that, but he's definitely a starter, fringe starter yeah. in the NFL, especially for a team that has pro problems at the tackle position. And, you know, even if you don't want to put him at your left tackle and you want to pop him at right tackle, that's fine too. I'm sure he would be more than happy to make that transition as long as he gets a paycheck this year. So, again, maybe this is another thing like we mentioned in our previous episode about Steve Nelson that once the draft is completed, teams will find that they didn't fill all the needs they hoped to via the draft. And, a guy like Big Al will be out there for them to sign, but I really thought Big Al would have been on a roster by now. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Uh, I think what that tells me is that not a lot of – I mean, I know this could this could change after the draft and maybe someone signs him after the draft, but I think this tells me that a lot of NFL teams don't see much in Al Villanueva, at least at this point in his career. Tom, like you said, um, he became a good left tackle. I mean, he was a pro bowler, and uh, I mean – he was good. He really was. And then the last two years, he's kind of fallen off. I mean, last year, he was atrocious at points last year. And that's being nice. I mean, he was a turn a turnstile at points last year. And, you know, I wonder, too, if, I mean, he's not going to get what he's estimated to make on the open market. His calculated market value is $16.5 million. I don't know anybody that's going to pay him $16.5 million a year. There's no way. I don't. I no, don't know. That's market value is coming gone. As right. As I mean, concerned. at this point, it's come and gone. I wonder if teams are, are kind of 
you know, turned off by that. That might be, you know, um, a possibility. But I mean, I'm sure. Of course, sure... that's just an estimate. Who knows? If yeah. Big Al is starting to take a look in the mirror and recognize he's not going to get that. Uh, well, I'm sure he uh, is at this point. Yeah. And hopefully his agent has started to try to work deals less than the $16.5 million per year that he was hoping to get or that spot track says he's calculated to get i mean that would be a disservice i think at this point to continue to try to grab that figure yeah i mean it's it, he's not going to get that but no. uh, to me I, I just think that it says a, a little bit more that he's that teams are soured a little bit on him and and that he's not you know as he's obviously not as good as he was a handful of years ago where he was a pro bowler um i, I mean i think he's going to end up on a team and he's probably going to play but like you said, I, I view Al Villanueva as a fringe starter. I mean, he can definitely start for a team that needs offensive line help um, and is kind of weak at the tackle position. But he's not, you know, I, I mean, I'm looking at like the best available here on spot track, and he's like down in the middle of the list. You know what I mean? And this is a guy that's pretty much started for six years in the NFL. You would think that there would be more hype surrounding him or more interest surrounding him. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens after the draft because I think that that's probably when he's going to get a deal is after the draft. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's kind of says to me that a lot of teams don't see a, a whole a whole lot in Alvinoeva. No, and I mean I don't know how many teams are out there that need a little bit of extra help on the offensive line, regardless of position, right tackle versus left. But I think what's really telling is the fact that the Steelers are among those teams that we know that need help on the offensive line, and they're still not interested in talking to him. This is the team that is mo- that is most familiar with this guy, and they're still not showing any interest. So I think you guys are absolutely right. This guy's not going to get a deal until after the draft when teams have addressed their offensive line issues, if there are any at all, to get younger guys in there. And if they think that they need maybe a little extra help, that's when Big Al will get a phone call. But I mean, I don't see it coming any earlier any earlier than that. Well, yeah, I think it tells me, and maybe the Steelers jump into that category if they don't have the cards fall where they want them to as far as the tackle is concerned in this upcoming draft. But I think it signals that they're not bringing a big owl back because doing so would create a log jam at that position because they are, in fact, expecting to take right. a tackle yeah. in the draft. and. You already have Banner. You already have Chooks. You went out and you signed Joe Hag. So you've got three guys right there sure. already. You bring in that rookie. That's four tackles, um, one on e- or two on each side of the line. So bringing back Big Out, having five, I think that just creates too much of a logjam yeah. for the team at that position. So I-, I think that it's a good sign that they're not bringing him back because they're at least going into this draft saying we're taking a tackle in the first couple rounds and. We don't need Big Al once we have four via once we get our fourth via right. the draft. So, if they get through the draft and you know, say Kyle Pitts falls to the Steelers at twenty four, so they take him there, and then another Javante Williams is there in the second round, so they take him, and all of a sudden they find themselves fourth, fifth round, and they still don't have that tackle. Maybe they do start to explore yeah. bringing back a Big Al at that point, but I think that's the only chance he has at returning to the Steelers. The fact that they're not even in conversations, as far as we know right now, tells me that the Steelers plan pick up tackle in the draft mm-hmm. and roll with Banner, Chooks, Hag, and that rookie as your top four at that position group, and you can fill it out whatever you want as far as people behind them, but that's not going to be Big Al, so right. you're not going to create you, that log jam. If you're the Steelers, you don't want that to be your plan. You don't want to go the first four rounds with, sure, some some guys fell to you and you were able to pick them up, and then but you're still left without an offensive lineman, regardless of 
guard or tackle. Center, yeah. Center, center yeah. Guard, I think they're fine at. I don't know if they need. Well, to I mean, just like switching much. over to the center position yeah, because there are more that. guards yeah, yeah, available. That. Okay. That's what I was. That's Converting what I was going a guard for. is always something that's on the table, I think, in the NFL. Yeah, I, that's what I was just saying because I think there are more guards available this year than there are centers, so you could definitely swing that. That's just any any offensive lineman is what I meant. You you just would rather, even if you can get someone to fall to you that you weren't expecting to fall in certain rounds, not just the first, but you certainly don't want to go those first four rounds without an offensive lineman if you're the Steelers. You don't want you don't want to be forced to call Big Al after the draft. You don't want that to be your your plan, really. No, I agree, and I think Tom, the 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 thing you outlined there, what you have, Chooks and, and Banner, and then um, Heg is your three, and then probably four in the draft. Maybe it's a mid round draft pick, whatever. Um, I think you, I think that's your best route. I think that's your um, your quickest path to success on the offensive line is keeping what you've got now. Um, and I'm not saying that this that the rookie tackle that you draft is going to start or whatever, but you have three capable guys at this level. I know we don't know a lot about Joe Hag, and but he did play for the Super Bowl winning uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, he he did play in every game in all fifty or all sixteen games this year in the regular season. So that tells you something. At least he can play a little bit. Um, you know, and if you have two starters, you have a decent enough backup, and you draft one. I don't think you need Big Al, like you said, Jacob. I think the only way that you bring Big Al back is if you don't have, a, you don't get a tackle in the draft, um, and then maybe, you know, maybe if you don't get one in the draft, you could talk me into Al being a swing guy or you know a fourth option at tackle. I'd be okay with that, but um, it's not exactly the the route you want to take. I, I don't think um, you want to do that with Alvin Oliva. No, not at all. You were mentioning, Jacob, you're not really sure teams that might be out there that are in need of the tackle help for a big Al Villanueva. Uh, one team that pops into my mind is the Bengals, mm. uh, him leaving in division. Bengals have cap space, could pull off that move. He's not going to be $16.5 million no, per year no either, way. so they're going to get him cheaper than that if they wanted him. Um, all signs point to the Bengals probably taking Penny Sewell in the number five overall spot. Granted, he gets past the four teams in front of him. I think the biggest threat to the uh, to the Bengals though was the Dolphins at three, right? And then them trading out with the Niners. I, yep. I think the Bengals probably feel pretty good about themselves that Sewell's going to fall to them at that point. Even taking Sewell in that first round though, you fill out all your other needs throughout the rest of the draft. I think you could still go out and bring in a big Al if you're Cincinnati because that line needs so much help, right? And you want the Steelers don't want to create a logjam at that position. Uh, I think with a young quarterback in the Bengals, they need to have as many solid options as they possibly can. And, you know, say Penny Sewell pans out and he's your starting left tackle and whoever's their right tackle right now, name just isn't coming to my mind, but say he continues to be their starting right tackle. Big Al being your backup, your swing guy there in Cincinnati, that's a big step. That's a huge step forward as far as yeah. their team development and their competitiveness because now all of a sudden your line is becoming a bit of a strength when you have a guy like that being your swing guy. So that's a team I look at. The team I just mentioned trading out of that three spot, the Dolphins need some offensive line help too. So those are the kind of teams the Jets also come to mind. Taking a rookie quarterback, you could always use some help on yeah. the offensive They need line help at everything. At that position. And the Jaguars as well need help at the offensive sure. line. Anybody drafting a rookie quarterback is going to need to help fortify their line. Um, so I think that you'll see teams like them maybe kick the tires on him post-draft. But, again, all those teams I just mentioned, I think, go the Steelers route with things and see if they can fill out their 
needs at tackle, their needs at offensive line in the draft. via the draft before yeah. they have to spend money on a contract for Big Al Villanueva for a year or two years. So he's just in a spot now where you didn't get signed in that initial wave, and now teams are pretty focused on their draft boards and planning for the draft right now. So you're going to see free agent signings die down a bit. Trades go up for sure, but the free agent signings kind of get a little quieter as we approach the draft, but expect a second boom for those once that draft is completed. Yeah, and again, I think that's where Al is going to go. I think it's going to be a team that needs some help that maybe didn't get what they wanted in the draft um, you know, on the offensive line, or maybe they just need an extra swing guy, whatever it is, a, a capable type player. Just looking at their logo here, the Raiders come to mind too. They True. Got Trent Brown leaves, yeah. they get rid yeah, of Trent point. Brown, so they're definitely needing to fill a hole there, but that's bad roster management because you get rid of a guy willingly and Trent Brown via trade with the Patriots, and then you're going to bring in a guy via free agent. That's, that's not as good right. as Trent Brown. Exactly. Nowhere near as good right. as Trent but Brown. But they need to fill that hole. Right. You created it. Yeah, so. I mean, you created it. You got to fill it. So, again, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a second wave for free agent guys and like Al. Um, and I, I I don't – I was going to say, like, the next guy we're going to talk about, but I'm not really sure at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Al will Big be – Big Al's going to be in the He's going to be year. on a team next the year. The next absolutely. guy we're going to talk about, his I don't career know. might be in a little bit of question mm-hmm. right now at this point. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, do you want to move on to that? If you have no more thoughts about Big no, Al. I think we've hit. I think we've hit every note. It's just the guy is is not the most popular guy available right now, and it doesn't look like anytime soon he'll be on any roster whatsoever. It looks like it's going to take some time, but yeah, I think regardless of that, the timing of it. I mean, he will be on a roster next year. The next guy we're going to talk about isn't nearly as guaranteed of a roster spot. James Conner, the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, made a Pro Bowl for the Steelers a couple of years back. He has uh, been flirting with 1,000 yards before in that Pro Bowl season where he rushed for 973 yards. That was his first year as the full-time starter when Le'Veon Bell sat out. Then he only played 10 games in 2019, and he only played in 13 games in uh, 2020 running for 721 yards. You know, it's interesting when it comes to James Conner because I look at his stats, his yards per carry 2017, his rookie year, 4.5, 2018, his second year, 4.5, 2019, his third year, 4.0, 2020 last year, he averaged 4.3 yards on the ground. That's good. Like the ability yeah, is bad. there. If you're a running back and you're averaging over four yards a carry, you're over, doing something over right. four I'll years. Give you the, I'll give you the pill 15, 20 times a game. I mean, that's production in the NFL. The thing that's scaring teams away from him is his durability. I mm-hmm. mean, there's just no question about it. Yeah, sure. It's great that he ran for 4.3 yards a carry last year. And on 169 rushes, he had a 721 yards on the ground with six touchdowns. I mean, that's a pretty solid season. But it's those the fact that he only inflated. started 11 yeah. games and he only played in 13 games is what's really bothering teams out there. Because the majority of that 700 yards came, what, in those first four or five games? So imagine teams are probably looking at him and saying, if this guy stays healthy and he plays and starts in 16 games, he's a 1,000-yard rusher. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you haven't seen that yet in his career, even when he came the closest in 2018 where he had 973 yards, excuse me, he only played in 13 games again that season. So, again, you're falling short of that 1,000-yard mark because of your injury problems. And this year especially, you saw those injury problems creep up and affect his game to the point where once he had those hot starts, Jacob, like you were saying, those couple hundred-yard games at the beginning of the year, 
once that first injury hit, it was a struggle for the rest of the year to find himself staying on the football field. He'd come back, he'd play in games, he'd get hurt again. He'd come back, he'd try to play in the game, he'd get hurt again and have to leave early. He'd play for two weeks after that and be yeah. healthy, show signs, show positives, starting to get his feet under him again, and he'd get hurt again. Mm-hmm. So I mean, think about the first one came in week one against the Giants on Monday night. And the this, very first injury didn't even last a whole game. And this is a guy that, you know, you hate to say what he did in college has any effect on what he does in the pros, but it, it does in an extent when it comes to injury problems. And, you know, at Pitt, he tore his ACL, so he missed an entire season there with a torn ACL. Obviously, he came back and won ACC Player of the Year, so was able to bounce back there. Uh, but he missed another season at Pitt because of cancer, and that's not really an injury problem. That's just... Terrible, terrible fortune as far as he's concerned, but he beats cancer and, you know, there's no question that going through that chemo and that fight for his life, it takes a lot out of a player. It takes a lot out of a human being, even someone in such impeccable shape as an NFL running back like James Conner, a a pro bowler. So I I think it's fair to say that when he got to the NFL, he was not the same type of player he was when he first got to Pitt, that bruiser, that... I can take a beating kind of guy with that ACL injury and then the cancer on top of that. There was already a lot of miles on him once he entered into the NFL, where, by the way, the linebackers are faster and hit a lot harder. So things get tougher for him. He can't stay healthy in an NFL environment. And that's why I think he still finds himself on that market right now is because he's a good second back. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no question if he can come into a team and say he comes in and he's the second guy to a, a legit starter and he averages 4.3 yards per carry and you know he he's going to be productive for you in that number 2 spot but i think a lot of teams are just nervous to put all their eggs in that basket even as a relief guy even as a number 2 back because they're going to they expect him to get hurt eventually yeah. in the season and i think teams would be more willing to go with a rookie in that number 2 spot and roll the dice on his health being good, even if he has a bit of a learning curve to go through at being a rookie in the NFL, they, they think at least he can stay healthy and at least he's younger and more durable than James Conner. Why would we go out and spend more money on a guy that's just, just going to get hurt? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I, that was a knock that, that on, on Conner the last, you know, couple years. You know, I made the joke at the beginning of last year, death taxes and James Conner misses three games. Yeah, That's, I mean, it's kind of, it sounds kind of harsh, but, it's also the truth. You know what I mean? It's like nothing it, against him personally. It's no, just it's, what, it's just what's what happened. happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I mean, like you said, Tom, he, he could be a good second option. And, and again, we've talked about this before, but that I think was the thought when you drafted James Conner, right. Was to be a second option was to be kind of a change of pace guy. And if someone gets dinged up, he can come in and start for you every now and again. I don't know, you know, if you gave the Steelers truth serum at the time. I mean, I know when they drafted him, they had Lev Bell. Um, but at that time, were you expecting James Conner to be the long-term answer at running back? I, I really don't think that they did. No, I Not think only it- that, but it was also because there was no evidence showing that Le'Veon Bell was going to have these, what, what came in, in its franchise tag years, there was no telling that it would lead to his departure. No, there was no telling about that, but what was telling was the fact that Lev Bell himself misses two or three games a year, as that had been the case sure. for the previous couple of seasons, uh, even the one season where the Bang- Vontez Burfick hits his knee and Bell's out for the remainder of the season. So I think when they picked James Conner, the plan there was we got a young D'Angelo Williams here. We got our guy that can come in 
and be the starter if need be, if Bell goes down. But he's mainly just going to be a spell guy if Bell's rolling. I mean, you remember back, LeGarrette Blunt walked off the field because Bell was in the zone so much <laughs> right. that he wasn't getting his touches as the second back. There were times when Bell was in the zone so much and D'Angelo Williams wouldn't even see the field as the secondary back because Bell was just that dude. When he was on, you give him 25, 30 carries a game and you get him 10 passes. He, he's someone that you can't take off the field at all. Right. And Bell, before he quit and just wrapped and hung around Miami for a year, he was in impeccable shape. I mean, mm -hmm. he could stand playing all three downs every single possession that your offense had so there were times and d'angelo williams was cool with it where you just sat on the bench as that backup and your your number wasn't called but then there were the games where bell would get hurt or he wasn't doing that well or his, he wasn't uh getting the traction that the team was hoping for and he wasn't really in the zone that you had to step in now if you're d'angelo williams and you have to get 15 carries a game or you have to start and be successful and i think that that when williams leaves because he's older they draft James Conner with the thought process of, okay, we need two backs if we have Le'Veon Bell because, A, he's either going to get hurt or, B, he's just going to have a little bit of a struggle now and then that needs a little blow here and there. So I think that that was the initial plan with James Conner is let's bring this guy in and he can just be the guy behind Le'Veon Bell for as long as Bell is in Pittsburgh. And, you know, maybe the plan was initially to just draft James Conner, let him play out his rookie deal, and then when he became too expensive, move on from him. Yeah. But – as circumstances played out, Le'Veon Bell sits out for an entire season, and then he yeah. leaves uh, after the Steelers decide that they're not going to go the whole franchise tag route again for the third time. And James Conner is thrust into this starter's role, does a great job his first season, but just cannot stay healthy. And he clearly doesn't have the build to be the number one back on a team. So mm -hmm. any team out there looking for him, they got to be looking for a number two guy yeah. as far as they're concerned with Connor right now. And again, like we keep saying, I think, you know, that's the type of role that he can find some success in. And, you know, I know that, you know, some people probably heard what you said about Lev Bell and said that Lev got hurt sometimes. And that's the, that's a fact, but it's not to the degree of James Connor because when Lev was out there, you knew what you were getting with Lev Bell. I mean, he was a perennial thousand yard rusher. Oh, by the way, he he had you know six seven hundred yards receiving as well. Right. Um. You know, to throw on top of that, like you knew what you were getting with with Lev Bell with James Conner. You really you know we've seen him get close to a thousand yards one time his first year without Bell when he had nine hundred and seventy three yards rushing. He hasn't even come close to that since then. You no, know what I mean? Never. Yeah. Bell played in twelve games in twenty sixteen. 12 games. 12. Remember how I said James Conner played in 13 games mm -hmm. when he ran for 900 uh, and some change before? 973. In 12 games, Bell ran for 1,260. What was his receiving? Uh, receiving, he had 616 yards. So he had 1,800 yards in yeah. 12 games. 12 games. So that's what you're kind of saying. That's right? what I'm saying. You can take him being injured a couple of games here and there because he's going to have over 1,800 yards in, 12 in the games. games that he plays anyway. Right, exactly. So there's a production there where you – Bound the, you pound the table when you go, damn it, Bell's hurt again. That's our best offensive player, you could argue. Right. But you don't sit there and go, do we need to move on from this guy because he's too injury prone? No. no because he's when he's healthy, he's racking up yeah. yards like crazy. Right. Connor doesn't bring that to the table. No, he doesn't. I mean, Connor's, you know, he's okay in the receiving game, but it's not, he's not the same player. You know what I mean? Like you right. can, again, it's, it's the conversation we've had with a bunch of stuff. Like you put up with, so much, you know, depending on the type of guy that it is. Like with Lev, you you kind of put up with the off the field stuff. You put up with him being able to, you know, being injured, missing games, pretty much every year because you know what you're getting. Like he's one of the best players in the league. With Connor, he's not. 
And you know what I mean? Like you have to move on from him at some point. There, there's no question. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I, I think Connor is probably on a roster this upcoming year, but I don't know how much longer it goes past that, especially if he gets beat up again. And he only plays in, you know, yeah. 12 or 13 games, whatever it is. Um, you know, I really think then, you know, his, his days might be numbered, but um, yeah, I mean, I think he'll be on a roster this year, but again, I think teams are worried about the fact that they're going to pay, you know, maybe three or four or $5 million on a guy that's only going to play in 10 games or, or 12 games. We brought both their names up. So I think it's a fair uh, transition that I can make here. If you were a team, who's more attractive to oh, you right now, Bell geez. or Connor? Bell or Connor? Yeah. I can make... Oh boy! I can make. Can I'll make. Both. I'll make the case for Connor right now. I think I lean towards Connor as well, honestly, and that's yeah. so bizarre when I'm sitting I think here it's looking just because, at Bell's stats. But I think it's just because when you talk about running back versus offensive lineman, you gotta go with the guy that can make the bigger impact, and that's the running back. And I think there are teams out there that have running backs already that can look at Connor and say, "Hey, you you were probably at your best when you were Le'Veon Bell's backup." Come be the backup to, you know, in Indianapolis. Come be the backup to, um, wow, I used Indianapolis as an example, and I'm for, forgetting their running back name. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. They or, already have Naheem Hines, though, so they're not going to do that. I just meant, like, any team that has a good running back available or option at number one, a solid number one, just bring in Connor as your number two and say, go out and pound us for four yards, four and a half yards, five yards, and just – Give our guy, our number one guy, a break, but we know you can go get us five yards on any carry, and then we'll just we'll just bring you right back out. I, I think it has to be Connor just because, like we said, Big Al's Pro Bowl and resume is a little inflated. We're talking by, about Connor versus Bell, though, buddy. I know, but what I'm saying is you're talking about which is more attractive. Bell or Connor? Be- Oh, you were saying yeah, Bell or like Connor, not Big Al. Oh, oh, Bell or Connor. Oh, well, I would say. Oh, I thought you were trying to say Big Al or Connor in terms of Steelers free agents. Well, then, regardless, I'm still going with Connor because Le'Veon Bell has fallen farther than I ever thought he could have in his professional career. I think it's interesting. Kenyon Drake comes in and he's the backup now for Josh Jacobs. That's pretty high profile backup. They yeah. might have been better served to try the Connor route there. It could have been cheaper, and you get a guy that comes in that's not really going to threaten Josh Jacobs at all uh, at that position. Not to say Kenyon Drake's really going to threaten his job, but right. he's definitely a higher profile backup than if Connor were to come in. But I tend to agree that James Connor is probably something that teams are going to look at despite his injuries more so than Le'Veon Bell. There's a lot of off-field distractions that come with Le'Veon Bell. He's still releasing rap videos, so, and I'm not saying you can't rap and be in the NFL, but when you sit out a year like he did and you have so much turmoil surrounding you and you're still releasing rap videos, I'm sure teams question your work ethic and question how much you truly want to get back to the point that you were at once in your career, so... And he's a little doughy. I mean, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's a little doughy now. He's not as in great shape as he once was when he was on the Steelers. So, yeah, I know James Conner gets hurt a lot, but they're both backups. And who would you rather have as your backup? The guy like James Conner, who by all accounts is quiet and a hard worker. Hardworking. Or would you have Le'Veon Bell, who's going to make a lot of noise, being your second or third string running back? That's why I think James Conner probably lands on a team. Conner's a couple Bell. years younger, too. But I still think Bell has the talent in the tank more than James Conner does. It's just he's not going to 
ever put the effort in or the focus in to reach that talent again. So that's why I think he takes a shot on Connor before Bell. Since he's signed with the Jets, Le'Veon Bell has not showed not just the three of us, but anyone in the NFL that he could reach the level that he did when he was playing with the Steelers. Since he since he went to the Jets in 2018, so it's been three years now, he has not shown anywhere near the level of talent he showed prior to that. And I think part of that, I think what, you know, not to get on a level belt tangent here, but I think him sitting out a whole year of football absolutely derailed everything in his absolutely. career. It, 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 As a running back, when you have the small, shortest shelf life of almost any position and you sit out a year and you're, and you're prime when you're hitting your stride, that just takes away all momentum. Yeah, it does. But, uh, I mean, I see what you're saying, though, uh, Tom, about uh, about Bell, because he's still uber-talented, and I think he's still the more talented of the two between, you know, Connor and himself. Um, but, again, I think you, you probably give the nod to Connor just because, you know, he's at least, you know, shown and he averages four yards a carry, and, you know, he's shown that he could be a, a decent enough backup and with Lev, I mean, you look at him joining the Chiefs. Like, I know he joined the Chiefs, and everyone was saying, "Oh, they're going to be this dream team now." He he barely played for the Chiefs. He, he barely played. He barely played in the playoffs. He didn't even dress in the Super Bowl. No, and it wasn't like he came in and there were people in front of him. Clyde Edwards-Helaire was having injury. He was problems beat. That's why they brought him down the stretch of the season. And although Bell contributed uh, to the tune of 254 yards and two touchdowns during the regular season. Uh, he only started two games for Kansas City, played in nine of them, and like Kellen said, he didn't even show up in the Goose Super eggs. Bowl. So he clearly wasn't part of the Chiefs' plan, especially when it came to the biggest game of the year. So that's pretty telling. No chance he ends up back on the Chiefs. But I do think both of these guys get signed eventually, Bell and Connor. Uh, it's just a question of what the role is that they fill, how much money they get, and what team is going to be willing to take a shot at them. Um before we wrap this up, Bell or Connor, if you had to make one your starter, though, which one would you take the risk and, and make your starter? To start? Yeah. I would say Le'Veon Bell. Just because of the potential? Yeah. I mean, Connor, though, I want on my team over Bell, but if I'm picking my starter, it would be Bell. Like if you were totally strapped for a running back and you have yeah, no clear starter. Just because the talent that you've outlined, that you've talked yeah. about, yeah. It, it, we've seen it. It's just it hasn't been around recently, but we've seen it. All right, so Jacob thinks the Steelers should go out and sign Le'Veon Bell. You heard it here first. Jacob put his stamp of approval on that, and that will be the ending of this episode of the Steelers Standard. Thank you, as always, for listening. On our next episode, we know the Dolphins traded out of the number three spot in the draft, but the team picking behind them originally, the Atlanta Falcons, there is now some rumblings that they're shopping that number four overall pick. What does that mean for the Falcons at the quarterback position? and who might be interested in jumping up into the top five to potentially take one of these top four quarterbacks in this draft. We will talk about all that on our next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode, whether it be via the podcast, Steelers.com, and you can make sure to download to the Steelers Standard on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you were listening via Steelers Nation Radio, we always love you on the radio side as well. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I am Tom Opferman, and we will all talk to you on the next episode of Steelers Standard.